0: The readings today are from Mark 11, verses 1 through 10, and Luke 23, verses 44 through 49. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go, go and to the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden, Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed him to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread their leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. It was now about noon and the darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. While the sunlight failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. And when all the crowd who had gathered there for the spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breast. But all his acquaintance, uh, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at the distance, watching these things. This is a word of God for the people of God.
1: Be to God. Let us pray. Ah, indeed, holy Jesus, we come now to hear what you have to say to us about the meaning of your cross and the words you spoke there. Open our hearts and our minds and our ears to what you have to say. Speak to us, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. Jesus had been on the cross for six hours. It was now three o'clock in the afternoon. They had nailed him on the cross at nine o'clock in the morning. Three hours before at noon, darkness had descended upon the land. The sun had been darkened out. And the veil in the temple that separated the Holy of Holies from from everyone else, was torn in two. There was now nothing separating the people from God. According to the Gospel writers, by this time in the afternoon, he had spoken five times. His first words were spoken perhaps to those who... With the nails in his hands, but perhaps to us as well. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And then he spoke to those who were, na- or were hanging on the crosses on either side of him, but especially to the criminal that, that asked that he be remembered when he entered his kingdom. He said, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. His third word was spoken to his own mother and to his closest of disciples, John. Woman, here is your son, he says to his mother, and to John, he says, here is your mother. His fourth word is spoken so that all might understand their own thirst when he says, I am thirsty. His fifth word is a quotation from the scriptures, from the Psalms. And he speaks in Aramaic, Eloi, Eloi Lemma sabathani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It is clear that his, his time on earth is coming to an end. According to Luke, when Jesus finally speaks the sixth time, the sixth word from the cross, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Luke tells us that he breathed his last. John, on the other hand, tells us that he had one more word to speak, one last thing to say, the seventh word from the cross, which we will, we will discuss next Sunday. But only Luke, only Luke tells us that Jesus commends his spirit to his heavenly Father. So, what is Luke trying to tell us? What is Jesus saying to us when he says, Father, I commend my spirit to you? The Greek word that's translated commend is paratitheme. It means literally to present or entrust or place before. Luke uses the word when he describes how Jesus gives the five loaves and the two fish to his disciples as Luke tells us to set before or commend these gifts to the crowd of 5,000 people gathered on the hillside. Luke also uses the word when he quotes Jesus saying, From everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required. And from the one to whom much has been entrusted, to whom much has been commended, even more will be demanded. Matthew uses the same word. He uses it when Jesus puts before them or commends to his disciples another parable as Matthew says it's of course the parable of the mustard seed that we're also familiar with the kingdom of god is like a mustard seed when it's planted when it when it is put in the ground when it's buried in other words then it becomes what it was intended to be from the beginning a, a mustard tree that provides a place for birds to make nests in its branches. You see, from the cross, with this sixth word, Jesus is commending his life, handing over his life like the bread that was being handed over to the people by the disciples to feed that that huge crowd, that impossible task. He's commending his life He's presenting his life like something of great value that Jesus spoke of that is entrusted to all of us, to to others, with the purpose of it being passed on, that it become a blessing to others, to whom much has been entrusted, even more will be demanded. Jesus commends his life like a seed is presented into the ground to grow into something far more important and valuable than the little seed from which it begins. Last week, Phil told us, Pastor Phil told us that the fifth word, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, was a sort of song, if you recall. It was recalling of Psalm 22. It was, a, it was, a, it was words that could be found in, in a song of the people. And so for many of the Hebrew listeners to Jesus, they would, have, they would have immediately thought of that song and maybe even started humming some of the verses. If this is true, this sixth word is a continuation of Christ's song. Because you see now he quotes from Psalm 31 and I read to you a portion of that psalm. Into your hand I commit my spirit. I commend my spirit. You have redeemed me. O Lord, faithful God, you hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will exalt and rejoice in your steadfast love, because you have seen my affliction. You have taken heed of my adversities and have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a broad place." You see, Jesus is commending His Spirit, turning over His life to the One who created Him and will redeem Him with what the psalmist calls steadfast love. That steadfast love is a translation of the Hebrew word hesed, and it is akin to the Greek word that we are familiar with, agape. It means unconditional love, It is the word that is used for God's love in the Hebrew "hesed" and in the Greek agape. There is no greater love than this that you can find in the Bible or in life. It is God's love. After Jesus had shared his last meal with his disciples and washed their feet, he set out for the Garden of Gethsemane where he would eventually be arrested. And along the route, he shared these words with his disciples. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then, of course, we know what happened after that. Before even 24 hours had passed, Jesus would do just what he was calling his disciples to do, to lay down their life for their friends. There is no greater love for us to receive and no greater love, no greater gift for us to give to others than that kind of self-giving, sacrificial, unconditional love, not expecting anything in return. That's the kind of love that Jesus was offering to his followers and to us today. And it is the kind of love Jesus is calling us to emulate. A self-giving, sacrificial love, even for those who hurt us and harm us. When Luke describes these last moments of Jesus' life on the cross... He describes two kinds of people who were present when Jesus breathed his last. Those who came for the spectacle and his acquaintances, as Luke calls them, who stood at a distance. The ones who came to see the spectacle seemed a bit upset because Luke says they returned home beating their breasts. Were they sad? Heartbroken? maybe a little bit guilt-ridden, who knows? All that we know is they went home. They went home. Now, the other group of people that Luke describes to us are the so-called acquaintances who stood at a distance watching. Watching for what? Were they watching to see if Jesus would somehow spring from the cross or rise from the dead? Were they watching perhaps for an opportunity to do something, maybe to help lower his body from the cross? Maybe they were just numb and they didn't know what to do. And then again, maybe they were pondering how they were going to do what Jesus had long been calling them to do. To love as he loved. On this Palm Sunday, let us be grateful for God's gift of Jesus. There's no greater gift in the world, but let's not allow our grief or guilt to get in the way of offering that gift to others. Jesus said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. He didn't say, pick up palm branches and cry Hosanna along the route into Jerusalem. He didn't say, pick up your Bibles and thump them a few few moments while you shout epithets toward other people. No, he said, pick up your cross. And if we do that, then one day we too might be able to say with Jesus, Father, into your hands we commend our lives. There's no greater love than this. Let us pray. Lord, forgive us for simply returning home for watching this spectacle of your love for even our enemies, and then just going home. Help us, Lord, to consider following you wherever that leads. Amen.